It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Fanatical L Show, part of the L Network. We are a bunch of wild and crazy Cleveland Browns fans bringing you all the latest in Browns news. Tune in now. And welcome to another episode of the Fanatical Elves show, part of the Fanatical Elves Network. We are here with Steve Gill and Joel K, the left guard. Welcome, Steve. Welcome, Joel. How hot is it, Steve, down there in Nashville? Well, it's cooled off to a heat index of 101. Ooh, Yay. So what you're and saying it's is it's going to be hotter Nashville tomorrow. Hot. What's that? So you're saying it's Nashville hot. It's Nashville hot, and that I ain't talking chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's not I really not not really. <laughs> Joel, how are you down there or up there? Where you're in Dayton? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Troy actually, but yeah, Troy. Dayton, just just north of Dayton. So it's, it's pretty good. We're looking at uh, 89 degrees right now. So heat index is around 100 for us too. The humidity outside. I'm over in Columbus, and man, it is just got awful humidity but we're um yeah we've got you know it's funny we got joel we got elliot we got rod bloom they all live in the dayton area i live over in the columbus area so all of us diehard browns fans we're 
we are really bringing it to you here on the Fanatical Ellswood Network. I wanted to, first off, I want to thank these guys. If you're watching us live or when this comes on on YouTube or Twitter, um, Steve and Joel just do a tremendous job. They both have their own shows. Steve has a great new show. He started up called Dog Pound South uh, Podcast, Cleveland Browns Dog Pound South Podcast, and he brings a little bit of a Cleveland, uh, non-Cleveland uh, share on that. We got Joel down there. He's got two shows that he participates in with the uh, What the Elf Was That? And he just did a show to this afternoon with his uh, buddy uh, Elliot, uh, Football, Philosophy, and Rocket Science. And, uh, you know, I we're just doing a lot of shows. We're also, this last week, we've started our training camp shows that I've been doing. And, and we just really appreciate all of the, uh, all of you folks, you Browns fans who are tuning in, we are growing. I keep saying this in every show. We're expanding. We got a great, great group of guys that are bringing you regular content. Cleveland Browns, you know, we are at training camp. We're down in Greenbrier this week, and um, they had a day off yesterday, a day of rest. But on my show last night on the training camp, I uh, shared a little bit about all the things that you can do in Greenbrier. It's like a city upon itself. It's got shops and restaurants and and that it even has a dress attire, which I did not. Did you guys know that Greenbrier has a dress attire? So I did so, not. Yeah, men I are did. supposed to be wearing collared shirts and uh, slacks, no jeans, no, no hats. No ball cats in yeah. the, uh, restaurants. Yeah. Or, so I don't this know is if like got to wear a sports coat in the casino. Yeah. This yeah. is like the cat skills, that. man. The cat skills. This is like the old cat they skills. Also, yeah. They also that's have right. a bunker. They have a bunker. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's where you if, if Washington D.C. was ever attacked, that's where all the leaders oh, of the country would go. Get to Greenbrier. Yeah. Oh, how cool! Now, no, I did not. Place. I did not that's do my history lesson. That no one knows about, but uh, yeah, that's, that's well. They where. know now. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> no, they don't do that anymore, Joe. <laughs> well, they everybody, thanks. We just love the fact that you're tuning in. We have this, you know, part of the Fanatical Elves Network and um, a couple of new things too today. I just share this out right now because this is pretty cool. We are, um, we've added an apparel store. Yes, guys, we have, we have t-shirts, we have sweatshirts, we have hoodies that you can order now. We're going to put that um, website on our Twitter account, on our Facebook account. We'll push that out to everybody. Uh, Joel and Steve will push it out. So if you are following one of our shows, you can purchase Fanatical Elves apparel. Yeah. And it's good stuff. We've got the big um, logo that you can use. It's on, on your sweatshirts and T-shirts. But you can also, if you don't like the big size logo, we have them in a smaller version on, on the left chest, um, on a, on T-shirts and on hoodies. So look into that, guys. It's, it's the Fans First Sports Network is uh, helping all of our feeds throughout the uh, country. And we are one of the first groups that is providing, uh, that's pushing out apparel. So if you're a Browns fan and you are supporting us on the Fanatical Elves Network, please consider purchasing some of these items. Um, just some great stuff. I'm going to be ordering a hoodie. I know I've got a t-shirt. We're ordering stuff for our kids for Christmas already. So we're, we're already pumped. I'm going to get a polo. I love Ex my polos. Excellent. I love my brown swag. Any any different brown swag I can get, I'd buy it. Well, I had a, a colleague. You know, you you're a big Browns backer there, Steve, down in Nashville. What's the name of your group there in Nashville that you go to? Middle Tennessee Browns backers. 
And you were the president of that club for a while. Second president uh, showed up first meeting game two, 1988 with nice. about 25, 30 other people. Awesome. Uh, it's, wow. it's grown to, it's grown to about 250. Nice. Well, and I, I was part of the Wichita group out there in Kansas and we had 25, 30 strong. And I was just talking to the local president now, Josh, his name's Josh and uh, Josh, they're putting, pushing out their new t-shirts and in honor of the Browns old school look with their white helmets and white uniforms, they're pushing out some new white apparel that has the Brownie backer from the Wichita. They call them the Oz chapter or yeah, the Oz chapter and Browns backers. So it's a nice. white t-shirt, white hoodies. Um, nice. Yeah. So some nice stuff there. So anyway, all yeah, right. As a so matter of fact, uh, my Monday show, I was wearing one of the middle Tennessee Browns backers. I, I took note of that, Steve. It and I also shaped uh, like uh, the Jack Daniels label, which well, they had if, to get permission to use. And if anybody's listening or oh, Steve, Jack or, Daniels will sue you. Oh, I know. You don't get permission. <laughs> I know. I heard that on your show. That was class. That was awesome. You know, that's the thing about our shows, guys. If you're listening to us, you know, we're we're we we're gonna talk like you guys do. You know, we're talking Browns, but we're also talking stories and ways that we relate back. So that's why I think our, our network is so cool because we have we have a variety of guys that are bringing you information. Joel kind of has that, he's like the interior, he's like the um he gets into the, the uh trenches of, of the Browns. Uh he's a former football player. You know, Steve is he's been watching them and analyzing them, and he's been on radio before talking about sports teams and so he's he and he has that southern sort of perspective that when you're outside of ohio that i think is really relevant because i can relate to what steve talks about because i lived in wichita all those years and then we got the scientist the rocket scientist elliot who's um bringing up pushing up all sorts of things on his what your your show earlier today joel you had you know um analytics and talking about lamar jackson and yeah analytics okay. it's something all right. Well, let's talk about the brownies. And no, this no, no. Week... Let's talk about something else first. I've been waiting. Okay, for sure, sure. Okay, okay. Did you guys oh, see this Joe Burrow it. injury? Yes, no. I did. Oh yeah, Joe Burrow was yeah. in practice. Looked like he rolled out to the right, and he looked like he has a calf injury. And I was looking here that's on what, Twitter. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what uh, Joe Schmo. Looking out. here on Twitter, and looks like he's going to be out for the entire preseason. So I don't know if yeah, that means he'll be back off. for the. Yeah, I Ooh. saw that. I don't know if that means he'll be back for week one or not, but if if he doesn't do anything in the preseason, like if he sits out of all the camp, he's not going to be ready week one. I don't. I mean, well, I would rather. Last year, he had that hernia surgery. I would rather beat the Bengals full strength. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's just going to get um, some backup. Well, so I have not caught up on all the news today because I've been uh, busy with other things going on. But uh, so oh, Joe Schmo, John, it's I know Joe related. Sh- Joe Schmo got hurt. Well, basically, it's a non-contact injury. He comes up limping. Looks like his right calf, and I think the official report is is he had a brace on it to start with. So um, they must have had some issues. Must have had some issues to start with. So it's probably a calf strain. I mean, it's good for him that it's not a like an ACL tear or a knee issue, but he's going to have to rest it. So we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, the glad to see he's not hurt. Seriously, though. Yeah. I mean. Guy needs to make his cash. Needs to cripple their cap. So I mean, let, let's pay Joe Burrow. They're five. The Brownies are five and one against the Bengals, and so Stefan under Stefanski. So we've talked about this a little bit, but I mean, this kind of bodes well for us. Not that we want to, you know, jump ahead to Week One, but you know, this is a good, 
um, you know, the Browns are, are really prepping. Now, the, let's just jump into some things this week, and, and we'll go around the room, and I just want to throw out a few highlights, and um, Steve, we'll have you go after when I after I share out. But a couple things here that I've noted, and we've talked about these things on some of our individual shows already, but what I've noted the last couple days um, you know, we've had all the big wigs talks, Stefanski and Andrew Barry and the Haslams and some of the players from David Njoku, who talked about his maturity and even Greg Newsome. Um, so then then there's this guy, you know, Elijah Moore. And I know some of us have talked about Elijah Moore, but Elijah Moore has been in the league now two years. And, you know, I was kind of being a little bit snarky about it last night on the training camp show for a minute, how, you know, Elijah Moore has five touchdowns in his first year, one last year. And I know he got in all this scuffle with his coaching staff and everything, but all the chatter and even from the players, um, or at least the, what, what is being presented back to us from the players, from the media is that, Oh my gosh, Elijah Moore is the second coming of, you know, whatever. And so I'm a little bit uh, annoyed maybe, or just, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and say, Oh my God, you know, keeping in mind that we have Amari Cooper and I, the fact that Amari Cooper has been sitting out because of the injury, we're getting to see Elijah Moore a little bit more, and that's great. But I don't think, you know, I'm not prepared to say he's going to be, he's the number one receiver on the team, for God's sakes. And I just, hearing these players talk about him, or at least how the media is presenting it back to me, I just get a little bit, like, annoyed. And I, I'm not expecting that much. I'm expecting good things, but I don't think he's going to be the game changer that's going to send the Browns to the Super Bowl. I think he's a piece of that. Anyway, I'll start with you, Steve, because I know you like Elijah more than I do. So <laughs> nice oh, I loved pun. him coming out. I like loved him coming out of Ole Miss. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're seeing oh, I, his yeah. versatility. If you're if you're watching the videos, which I always do, you see his versatility. He yeah. lines up in the backfield. He lines up in the slot. He had a great uh, on seven and seven today. He had a great touchdown catch uh, against Denzel Ward, kind of turned Ward to one side, and Ward was, was all over him, uh, okay. and he still caught the ball. Yeah. Uh, he's got great hands. He's a great – he's like Amari Cooper. He's, he's a great route runner, and mm -hmm. that's what you need. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think he's the number one. Uh, Amari Cooper's the number one. Mm -hmm. But with Cooper's injury, you're seeing – my favorite playing player, uh, uh, Jalen Darton, getting more reps. Yeah, you've mentioned him. He's it up just like he did in minicamp. I love this kid. Yeah. If, if Goodwin's not ready, I I think he makes the team because he can you've return punts, he can yeah. return kicks. He's got a little well, speed, but you know, I I think I think yeah. if you use Amari, uh, you use Elijah Moore, like they used him at Ole Miss, he will be a very important part of the offense. Yes. Okay. Okay. Can I, I'm going to agree with that. I don't know if it's yeah. my turn to jump in or not, but yeah, absolutely. I think that last point is the key. If you use him the way that Ole Miss used him, and uh, I think the Browns are doing that from the clips that I've seen, that's how they're using him. I don't know what he was doing over there in New York, and I don't know what they're doing in New York, to be honest. But I don't know. <laughs> I, I think if you if you look for for him, Elijah Moore to be like typical stereotypical wide receiver i don't think you're using him right you want him to be that guy who's like the the multi-purpose piece you know he lines up in the backfield he'll run jet sweeps he'll run short routes out of the slot you can line him up on the outside and run him deep he is the the weapon so to speak 
-hmm. if you use him as a weapon, okay, Mm -hmm. then that helps all the other wide receivers out there to get open because you're going to confuse defenses as to, okay, he's here, he's there, he's everywhere, you know, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore. So let's figure out what we're doing with him. Okay. So with that, as as the next follow-up on that is with Marquise Goodwin being injured, there's been some discussion, you know, since – his blood clot things about the Browns going out and trying to trying to find someone who would be a big time threat. Do we need a big time threat? And is like you said, Steve is darting the guy that would be that big speedster threat that could mm. extend the field. Or do we need to still go out? I and think get an, Tillman is more of the guy that can come in and uh, uh, get the length on the field. I mean, the guy is huge and uh-huh. he's got speed. I mean, you gotta, you gotta remember that, um, the front office, they're not going to – all these teams aren't going to cut the, down from 90 to 53 right after the last preseason game. Sure. You're going to have cuts along the way. They want to do players right, especially veteran players. If they know mm-hmm. a veteran isn't going to make the team, they're going to say, okay, we're going to let you cut so you can catch on with somebody else You know, right. before the end of preseason. So if somebody else becomes available, sure, you got to look at them. But right now um, – the team hasn't given up on Goodwin. I personally yeah. don't think he's going to play. Blood clots at his I age, yeah, I, legs. I agree. Doesn't sound good. But I, like I said, I love this Jalen Darden kid. I mean, he yeah. lit up the mini camp and he he's doing well again. Let's see what he does uh, tomorrow and Friday when they go full eleven on eleven in pads. That's okay. what I'm going to be watching tomorrow okay. and good uh, Saturday. Joel, you want anything to add to that? Uh, Anthony Schwartz is on the physically unable to perform list. Oh, no, he played. He practiced today. Oh, good for him. I, mean, <laughs> I actually saw a video of him catching a couple passes. I, I think I think the worst thing that could happen would be I to move somebody. It. Oh, good. I, I think the worst thing to do would be to take somebody out of position, right? If you're just yeah. missing that piece, yeah. you can't start moving people around to, to secure Let that Let me ask piece. you. Let me ask you this. Let me switch complete. Not switch complete gears, but let's switch complete gears um let's we're talking the training camp and you're talking about position stuff so this got me thinking about let's talk defense for a minute and joel you're oh. kind of an probably an expert on jim schwartz i heard, heard i don't some know people, i think steve knows more than me okay steve <laughs> i was listening to another podcast on another network and they were talking about <gasps> i know schwartz traitor and i know um and the feedback that they were that they were sharing was in the and I I didn't catch this in the pressers, but uh, and maybe it was written in on a one of the things I read, but that Schwartz's defense that he's basically on the line with the linemen, he wants to give them basically freedom in those four spots. It's almost like in basketball where like I coach basketball, like, you know, you have an, an offense that's a motion offense that we tell the players, you know, you got to fill the, fill the spot, you know, whatever the spot was left, somebody has got to fill it. So is that kind of where he's going with the defense? Like these four guys up front, Tomlinson, Garrett, all these guys, Smith, that they can sort of Elliot, they can all kind of interchange depending on, what he's calling or what the defense is calling linebacker. I don't know who calls the plays from the sideline. Um, is that what's happening? Is that what he's getting at? Well, I'm not sure honestly what they're getting at because I haven't really had a chance to see it, but I, I can tell you something about a double gap scheme. <clears throat> I mean, really 
if you're running a true double gap scheme, you're just teaching people some techniques, lining them up in different places strategically based on, you know, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, analytics, and you're just telling them to go at it. Okay. okay? And so you're not <clears throat> prescribing you go into this hole, you go into this hole, unless you're calling mm-hmm. a specific blitz. The idea behind that <clears throat> is that you allow the defensive linemen to double gap those schemes so that depending on the keys, you will have your entire defensive line going to a certain spot, mm-hmm. right? So if they are understanding the blocks that they're getting, you have to be an intelligent player to play a double cap scheme, by the way, <clears throat> to understand yeah. the blocking schemes that the offensive linemen are trying to do and to know how to effectively counter those schemes. Yeah, I've played in these things. I think these double gaps defenses are tremendous. I love them. Okay. I love them. I hate single gap schemes. I don't like them at all. I think offenses can like run circles around single gap schemes. And I think we've watched that for like years. Okay. okay. I would rather see somebody line up in a double gap scheme because then, you know, no matter what you do, the defense is going to do something to put themselves in the right spot to make a play. And if a defensive line can do that and occupy blockers while doing it, which a double gap scheme will by nature mm-hmm. occupy defenders, occupy offensive linemen, right. your linebackers are going to be able to flow. And so those linemen are going to occupy people and if they can break free from alignment they will end up making a play but Mm -hmm. if not you've got free-flowing linebackers so the defense will be as you say run through the defensive line so the better the defensive line is sure the better this team is going to be and i also want to give a quick note on this why i've got a chance to talk about it i've been watching all these defensive linemen press press conference defensive players yeah yeah linemen yeah um i was really impressed they all seem to have taken the message that Jim Schwartz is giving them. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. the, me- I mean, I understand what the message is because it's how you play double gap schemes is you, and like how you play good football in general, which is I right. can't control step three, step four of the play. I can control step one and step two. Mm-hmm. As in the ball snapped, which way am I going and making my read and then trying to run to the ball? I can't get thinking too far down the road. And <clears throat> it seems like the players have, have taken that on. They've yeah. also taken on the most impressive thing I heard on any of these press conferences from Miles Garrett when he said, and I thought fell over when I heard this. He said, I can learn from not only the, the veterans here, but I can learn from the rookies. There are things that I can learn from the people mm-hmm. coming in, and there are things that they can learn from me coming in. And that's exactly what Miles Garrett needs to be saying and doing right. at camp. He can right. learn a lot from Jordan Elliott, by the way. Yeah. Jordan Elliott is a master technician when it comes to double gap schemes i mm. love this guy coming mm. out of college yeah right? tommy togi i can do that scheme pretty well i just mm. don't know if he has the size for it but yeah. garrett needs to be talking to them like how do you yeah. do this how do you do that right and i was glad to hear that he's taking that on i was glad mm. to hear newsom say hey we're got inside and outside we're going to tom- come back and talk about newsom here in just a minute steve did you want to follow up any more on that jim schwartz uh defense real quick um, well, it, it was first described as wide nine and Jim shorts doesn't like to use that phrase because right. he adapts it to his players. Yes. Uh, what he wants to do is he wants to pressure the quarterback on running down. He wants the running back to run through a maze of players. Mm-hmm. That's the whole concept. Mm-hmm. So that's it yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me, uh, well, and welcome, uh, Elliot, How are you tonight? Elliot, Elliot, the village yeah. Elliot are, uh, our um, podcaster with our football philosophy and rocket science has joined us tonight. And if you're watching on YouTube or Twitter, 
He is decked out. He has brought the coach's hat, and he looks like Paul Brown, second coming, to be honest with you. <laughs> he does. Well, I don't know about that. Um, well, I'm, thanks. I'm, I'm glad I'm you're just, here. Thank you. Thank you. It sounds like a great compliment. I don't know if I can live up to that. But uh, let me let me let me say this too. I gotta say this. I know we're you know we're in the midst and we're gonna take a break here in just a moment. We're having a great show tonight. We we appreciate all of you tuning into the Fanatical Elves show. But Elliot, I've mentioned this before, maybe off air, but my my um my stepmom, she admires you like you would not believe. And if Pat, if you're listening to this podcast. Or you're watching Ooh. us. I want you to know. Well, now my she's happily married to my dad, you know, but but um she she grew up in Maslin, Ohio, and okay. and she has um fa- brothers that went to school um with various you know famous folks in the past, but Paul Brown is like her, she loves Paul Brown and she loves your show, she loves your show with. Joel, then she watches football philosophy and rocket science. She um, watches uh, our, the fanatical elves show. And she thinks that you are just the greatest an analyst and podcaster ever. So is that right, so Pat? Too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want your head. I don't want your head to explode yeah. there, Elliot, but. but the hat will fly off. Here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the reason why I have the hat to hold things together. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, how um we're talking about the defense. Um yeah, I've been Elliot listening in. And yeah. uh, you know, I, I opened this talking about how Schwartz is like telling like the feedback I'm hearing is like they're allowing the defensive linemen to sort of move around, not be in a particular spot all the time. And we just kind of talked about that. So what are you hmm. what do you think about that defense and uh thoughts there? I'll tell you what I think. Last year, the offensive linemen moved the defensive linemen around anywhere that they wanted. So if the defensive linemen are choosing where they want to be, that's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, last season, I viewed the defense as Miles Garrett and a bunch of guys. That's really what our defensive <laughs> team was. And, yes. uh, you know, they, yeah. the offensive linemen just had their way with the defense, just pushed them around. It was really men against boys, yes. frankly. Well, Elliot, we're going to pause for a quick break here in the Fanatica Elf show, and then we will be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. Okay. we got to go pay the bills. So okay. silence, every, silence, everyone. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're back on the Fanatical Elves <laughs> Network. <laughs> and um, what I would like to talk about next is we touched on it just very briefly, but I think what we talked about, and Joel brought it up too, was Miles Garrett. And I t- talked about it a couple times on podcast this week, part of our training camp uh, catch-ups, which we'll have another one later tonight. So tune into that. But when Miles Garrett spoke, or he's talked a few times, I mentioned how I was really like Joel said already, but maybe you want to reiterate that Joel, just, I thought the way that he talked about leadership and I know we've talked about leadership with miles, but he going back to the comments by Malik Jackson, kind of questioning miles way of leadership that the way miles explained it today, again, in his press conference the other day was about how, you know, comes in shapes, different shapes and sizes. And and to your point too, Julie, you already mentioned this, but he's, you know, listening to younger players. So I wanted to kind of go around the room and get your take again about Miles. Uh, Joel, let's start with you. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I know, like, I'm hopeful that maybe, I mean, he's, he's in year seven and he actually talked a little bit about, you know, growing. Uh, if you listen to some of his, his presser. So I think, I feel like he's done some growing and I'm looking forward more to watching him play this year than most seasons well i would say that i'm i was watching that press conference and i almost didn't recognize that as miles garrett he seems to be mature beyond some of the kiddish stuff that he would get up and do and say and stuff that would just make you shake your head like what in the world is going Mm -hmm. on so at least right now he's saying all the mature adult things that you would want the leader of your defense to say and i'm gonna be honest with you i think jim schwartz gotten into his head and in a good way, because that's what you need out of a leader. You need, I mean, I think Schwartz's scheme, all this stuff, his best, his best attribute is coaching players. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if somebody can get through mm-hmm. to Miles Garrett, which I don't think anybody has to this point, if Jim Schwartz can get through to Miles Garrett, he will be my favorite defensive coordinator for the history of football. I think you hit the Even nail on the head. Elliot will uh, disagree with me. Well, if you don't <laughs> write about it on Dog Pound Daily, I'm going to write about what you just said. Go yeah. for it. It's all yours. Well, I always disagree with Joel. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm paid for it to do. But, uh, yeah, I, I think coaches coach and players play. Uh, so I, I'm not really looking for Miles Garrett to um, run for president, or if he does, I hope it's on the Republican ticket. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think uh, what we're looking for uh, from any player is uh, – not necessarily leadership, but acting as a proper role model as a player. That's not mm-hmm. really the same thing. 
we don't really need a, a person to, you know, tell the players what to do. Uh, that's the coach's job. Yeah. But I think that you, what you need to have is somebody that will uh, uh, not go to, not go to jail. <laughs> number one, <laughs> uh, go to bed at the right time. Uh, stay off of drugs and alcohol. Be a good citizen. Stuff like that. That's being a role model. Yeah, or not, you know, or you know, uh, the appropriate uh, the role model is what the a professional role model. I mean to say, to be doing the job the way it's supposed to be done. That's what I mean by that. Uh, we usually talk about a family role model. Yeah, and we get that all mixed up. Like here is my father. Here is my mother. Here is mm. my basketball play what um yeah we get those things mixed up yeah um but you, you know the the family has somebody that performs a certain role mm-hmm. that's not an athlete is my yeah my, i got you i like that my athlete that okay that's not a role let me model. let me jump up to steve models yeah. here's how a professional behaves what they do how they get their job done and that's what Miles, uh, like all players, um, sure. will strive to accomplish. And I think Miles yeah. does that wonderfully well. Yeah. Uh, with certain deviations, when you when your driving gets out of hand and you injure yourself, that's not being a professional. Uh, yeah. That's when when it crosses the line. I think yeah. Miles understands that. Yeah. And uh, I don't care whether he's charged that hill, man. You know, come on, <laughs> we don't need that. That's what the coach does. Yeah, Steve. What about you? Miles Garrett, in his comments um, this week, how do you how did you perceive? I, I agree with Joel. He uh-huh. uh, he has. Uh, I think Jim Schwartz has gotten in his head in a good way. He's shown a lot more professionalism, a lot more maturity. Uh-huh. I also agree with Elliot. He doesn't have to be a big vocal vocal leader. I mean, you know, they've uh-huh. got vocal leaders. And, and Stefanski mentioned Anthony Walker today, and of course Juan Thornhill. Good, you know. These guys, I'm sure Rodney McLeod is a vocal leader. He knows the defense already. Well, That's great. All, all, yeah. all I want Miles to do is show up, yeah, play football, yeah. get to the quarterback. Yeah. How many the, bosses do we want to have in one organization? That's what a leader exactly. is, is a boss. How many yeah. bosses do we want to have? Yes. You want to have a – you well, want to have somebody I, vocal on the offense and somebody vocal on the defense. Well, That's and even not. Miles, even Miles recognized that in the one presser. I don't know when it was if you all listened to the same thing I did, but he talked about um, other um, or vocal leaders. For example, like Zadarius Smith. He mentioned how Zadarius Smith is sort of a oh, wise clowning around, all clowning the time, around. Man. But <laughs> speaking of clowning, he also referred back to other previous people that were probably like clowny. Who were who vocal, but Miles Garrett, right? But they weren't necessarily good leaders. And even like Miles, I mean, I thought I could. You can kind of hear it talking about that. By the way, okay, let before um, I have a trivia question about Miles Garrett, but I want to get a quick um, question in about Nick Chubb because it's been driving me nuts, and I've talked about it on my shows the last couple of nights. If you listen, I, think he, I saw a video of him smile again today. Okay. But if you go That's back positive. and listen, here's here's where I, this is my concern, you know, because I love Nick Chubb and I think all of us do, but I want the Browns to re-sign him. Now I know maybe I'm not being realistic, but when you listen to him in that last press conference, and he was referring back to some of the other running backs 
that were going through things. And then he was talking about how he could be in the same boat. It was like the first time, or maybe I haven't listened to him that closely. It was the first time in my mind that I was, I started the back of my mind as a Browns fan. I'm fearful. Like, Oh shit. Like, you know, um, he's going to be gone. Like he's, he is already predicting that he's going to be in this boat that Saquon Barkley was. And I'm like, that shouldn't happen. This guy went to bat. He signed this deal. And I know I'm being, I'm spoiling, spoiled for this guy, but I just, I just feel like, you know, he's 28 years old and people are bashing him because of his age. And I'm like, dude, have you watched his highlight reels and his uh, pushing weights up and stuff? I'm like, this guy's going to be playing for a long time. And yes, I know he's a running back, but he also made a good point talking about how opposing teams, when coaches talk about opposing teams, they talk about the quarterback, but they also first time they talk about the running back. And even though I know this conversation goes on, we have this conversation. Other people have this conversation that are writers and we talk about it. We analyze and say, well, running backs don't matter. Bullshit. Like <laughs> they do. You can't say that on the radio. Yeah. You can't. Well, I just title. did. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, you know, you, you've got uh, the, the quarterback out at the Chargers, uh, Herbert. He signed a big contract. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at, and and Burrow's due up for a big contract. If you look at the way the contracts are going, yeah, he got injured. He's not his money. Yeah, we just talked back, about that. The quarterback yeah. salaries are going up two hundred and thirty-eight percent. The running back salaries are going down eighty-one percent. So this is a league-wide problem. Now, if Nick Chubb oh, right. has a great year this year, I think they might up him for a couple of years. I'm expecting I, I, two thousand yards. Surprise me. <laughs> I think the guy's gonna. I think he's gonna have fifteen to twenty touchdowns. I think he's gonna blow everybody out of the water. I think he's pissed off. I think that's why he's smiling because he knows he's gonna just have a, a hellish year and just do everything. Anyway, okay. I'm sorry. I digress. But he doesn't want touchdowns. He just wants victories. He wants. Wins. Let me jump in on this. I don't think the issue. Let me just step back from Nick Chubb itself, but talking about the running back position. Yeah. I mean, yes, the running backs are planned for and they're game planned for and they're important. The the thing with the running back salaries is that running backs are running backs are replaceable. That's the are. thing. They're good, but there's a lot of them. Mm. They're the market is saturated with good running backs, and there's always good, good running backs coming up. So why would you pay a premium price for a good running back when you could probably pick the same thing up off the draft? Now, I'm not saying draft a fifth round draft pick. I mean Draft a first or second round running back, okay? Let them have the impact, but that becomes an economic question and mm -hmm. not necessarily a moral question when it comes to what's happening on the football field. Should you becomes a moral question. The okay. economic question is, can I get the same value for a, a cheaper price? And NFL teams are playing off the economic question, oh, not yeah. the moral question. So I think Nick Chubb has been handled very well. Like mm -hmm. he hasn't been overworked. Okay, if you mm -hmm. like a guy, you find a transcendent talent, use them appropriately. Don't put them out there for 20, 30 carries a game. Is, is, let me ask you this is like we, Elliot, we talked about this with Steve the other week. Is the idea, or Sam maybe was on the show, if the Browns tank or if they go six wins or seven wins, then Elliot and I spoke about this the other night. We said, well, what about Chubb? What about Garrett? Then is, are they gone? I mean, I think we suspected that they'd be gone like automatically. No, uh, no. what we're, 
what's being missed here is that Nick Chubb is signed through this year and through next, number yep. one. Uh, number two is that we're in an era, um, and I'm sorry to break the news to people, but the the uh, NFL salary cap is expanding. Uh, it's going up by like 10% per year, and I think it probably will go up even more than that because of gambling and because of national inflation. It's not constant. And, um, and not about okay. streaming, though. I know Elliot talked about streaming and TV rights the other night. I listened to that. That's a great take. If you Everything is you know, going up. It's not yeah. flat. It's not constant. And so uh, okay, what needs to happen is that running backs need to fire their agents because they're dumb. They are dumb. Hello, <laughs> NFL agents. You are dumb. Hire me because what you need to do is you need to hire you need to structure contracts that are two and three years long at a high rate of pay and then take out insurance policies in case something happens. You don't want to have a five-year contract uh, for a running back because the fourth and fifth year are not going to be worth very much money. Even if you sure. get a five-year contract, it you by the time you get to year four, let's say you stay you stay healthy, you get year four and say, oh boy, this is really great. I've got $15 million. Well, guess what? $15 million won't buy very much money by the time you get there because yeah. it's going to be a small fraction of the total uh, cap allowance for your team. So it's stupid. You don't want to have a four-year contract. So quit whining about not having a four and five-year contract. That's not what you want. You want a two or three-year contract. Nick Chubb, you are on contract for two years. That's about what you want. That's good. So yeah. next season, you ought to be trying to get now, another new contract. I thought there was oh. an out. I thought there, that Elliot, I'm sorry, that Chubb could have not There was an out for the team and Chubb at the end of this season. So going to the yeah, 2024. Yeah, okay. Next year, after this season, he should be campaigning for an extension, okay? Yes. Yeah. That extension should be for three seasons. Yeah. It isn't next year yet. No. If you sign now – the by the time you get to 2027 or whatever it is 2028 that yeah. contract will not be worth very much money and right. you I agree having signed it it's yeah. dumb yeah and i also think so someone like nick chubb the, needs the to other, stick around the other dumb thing is that by throwing all this money at mediocre quarterbacks like hello Thank daniel you. jones instead of Saquon yeah. barkley mm -hmm. you, you know these long term <sighs> contracts okay and maybe that's partially what justifies is not worth that much money, but he's getting a pile of money uh, this, this year. And he's really not that good. It's not very imaginative to throw a lot of money at quarterbacks just because they play quarterback. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think that the giants are going to win the super bowl. Yeah. I think what will happen ultimately, you know, okay. Now Patrick Mahomes is going to take his team to the super bowl because he really is that good. And no matter what they do to that yeah. team, yeah. He's going to be in contention, but other teams with, with uh, not so great quarterbacks are going to throw all kinds of money and not make it. And, and they're going to have years like, uh, you know, like Trent Dilfer type quarterbacks yeah. are going to take their team to the Super Bowl based on strong defense. And they're yeah. going to show that there are other paths to the Super Bowl and that quarterbacks yeah. are not worth unlimited amounts of money. That is not the way that this system let me go, works. Let me there go to Steve. Let me go back. Uh, quarterbacks have. 
Elliot, let me go to Steve first and then come back to Joe. I want to get Joe's. He was sharing something. Steve, um, thoughts on what we've been talking about? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is the movie Animal House when they, uh, do you want to tell him? No, don't stop him. He's on a roll. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with it. I agree with uh, Elliot. I mean, they're just throwing bad money at these quarterbacks. I mean, come on. Um, oh, when you've got a chance to sign a man like Daniel Jones, you've got Daniel to do Jones. it. I mean, <laughs> Herbert with the, with the Chargers. Stop me before thinking, I spend again. Two hundred and what sixty-two million dollars over five years? This is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I, you know, you how much money did Kurt Cousin make over the over so well, far Kirk in Cousins the NFL? He's made a ton of money. Okay. Then you've got these running backs, and when you have a good one. You keep it. Yeah. When you have, you know, when you're doing this uh, carousel of guys you pick up off the street or undrafted mm -hmm. rookie free agents and that kind of stuff, if that's your system, mm -hmm. you, you stay with it. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, look at the Chiefs. Name their starting running back. Right. <laughs> I mean, I was watching 2018 film of uh, Deshaun Watson with the Texans. Yes. Only because yes. I, I had to. I had to. Yes. Find out something right. personally. I, I, I listened to the podcast, starting yes. running back on that 2018 team that won 11 games was a guy named Alfred Blue. Okay, yes. I want everybody to give me your best, you know, your best Alfred memory Blue. of of Alfred Blue. I was like, "What's cool? in the mail today? What's in the mail today?" Oh, I thought we were talking about Blue's Clues. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. You got uh, Nick Chubb. Elliot's exactly right. You got him for two more years. I think the reason everybody's talking about this is because I believe next year he doesn't have any guaranteed money. Right. So that's why they're all talking about it. Yes. No. Yeah. So Sign, fix, give him a two to three year, year contract. Yeah. Give him a two to three year contract. Well, and the contract works out where he's getting an incentive to play every game. He gets paid twenty five thousand dollars starting in twenty twenty four. You know, like so he'll make up to four hundred twenty-five thousand. I mean, just it's money. I think Lamar Jackson has that in his seat cushion. Well, <laughs> Joel, what did you want to add before we we're going to move on to our trivia <laughs> question and try to we're going to wrap things up tonight because I have a, a special barbecue uh, across the way in our neighborhood, so I got to you know oh, it's wow. you know food oh, wow. food and you know I can smell the food you, you know. know so Walmart's association. Shows, we're making ten thousand dollars a minute on commercial time. You yeah. don't worry about a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, Elliot, this is why this is why my mother loves you, Pat. Pat loves you because you know you're wearing the hat and you're just Elliot. You know we just you know we appreciate. You know this is why you. I asked Elliot to do a podcast with me. This this stuff right here, man. Yeah, it, this this it stuff right be. here. I want to. Do you have a because I want to get. Yeah, I do want to. I do want to mention the thing about. Yeah, Joe. Let's else. let's go to Joe I first. Say something else about running Hold backs. On. Hold, Hold on, on Elliot. Elliot. Just Elliot. one second. Just one second. Let me finish. Uh, Joe. Okay. So I I think part of the underlying discussion that's not being underlying assumptions here that's not being discussed is running back usage. Part of what runs these running backs out is that people pound them to death, and then look at Derrick Henry. I mean, you just pound him and pound him and pound him. Like the Titans offense is nothing without him. Yeah. Right. You do something like that to a person, you're going to wear them out. Okay. So this is to me is the unethical part of the running back situation. The, we talked about the economical part. Let's talk about the ethical part. Should you pound a running back 25 to 30 times a game? No, you are using them inappropriately. 
I mean, this kind of sounds like an episode for the Borg. Like, I'm sorry, I'm just think, hearing Borg. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is a coaching issue. This I isn't know. an owner issue. I know. I know. the owner issue is the economic issue. The coaching issue is is not being smart enough to understand you're dealing with people. You know, wait. If you have a good running really? back, you can't like wear them out and run them to the ground. And then like, well, right. I just ran that dude in the ground, so I'm going to fire him. Listen, I tried to shoot one. a few hoops at, at the local gym with my girl girls basketball team. I'm exhausted, man. You just can't, you know, you know, anyway, okay, back. But if you've got, let's say a running back comes in and has, let's just pick a random one, like 400 carries lifetime that they're going to get. Okay. Yes. How fast do you want to burn that candle? Yes. Right? How fast do you want to burn that? If you if you use the appropriately, that candle can last you a long time. If you just like, oh crap, what do I do? Let me just give the ball, give the ball, give the ball, give the ball. Yeah. And if you have no intelligence or like creativity offensively, or you're in a position where you have nothing but that running back, sure. then you're gonna run that running back to the point where they you've run them out. And then yeah, that to me is the unethical position where you get a running back and you just use them up to the point where you use up their livelihood to play mm. football because mm. you've overused them and you've overworked them. Then it's like, oh, that's perfectly okay. Mm. Just run this guy into the ground and then not pay him and do it to somebody else. Mm. I, I just, I can't, man. Yeah, like, I really. Yeah. Elliot, you want to finish up real quick? Then we're going to go to our trivia question and wrap things up. Yeah, for the first time in my entire career, I agree with Joel. And I would also add that that you know there's the, you know, the general managers are just as as bad as as the fans, but you know um, like we we've taken a lot of uh, Twitter hits on um, uh, the backup situation for Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. We all love Jerome Ford. He has yeah. great promise. And how many yards does he have for his NFL career? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. And also John. Uh, Twelve yards. And we think there is no doubt, no doubt in our minds that he is going to be able to replace a former pro bowler in Kareem Hunt. So we don't need to have any backup for uh, Nick Chubb. And that's insane thinking. You know, we really. I just just think, Elliot, the. I think they're going to sign somebody. I think the Browns are still going to sign a veteran. I yeah, I hope that they do. But and I think they're going to wait. I think they're going to wait. Unless that's the yeah. mindset that, that you can just plug anybody in at running back and you get a 1,000-yard rusher and and uh, so you don't need to have anybody in the running back room. But general managers maybe are not that naive, but they're close to it. You need to be accumulating talent in the running back room just as you do in the quarterback room. And the, you know, there needs to be people there that will gain yards. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see uh, Ezekiel Elliott in a Cleveland Browns uniform, even though you can say that, oh, well, he's not going to gain 1,500 yards. This yeah, I know that. Don't need him. To. But he might gain 500 yards, and that would be well worth investing in if he's available at the right price. We don't Trivia. have anybody that's guaranteed to do that and that will carry the ball without uh, fumbling. Maybe, you know, Jerome Ford does have a lot of promise and maybe he can do that. But maybe we ought to have somebody that we're really. I'm predicting, to- like some of you, that they're going to draft or they're going to get some sort of veteran before the season starts or even after the season starts. But they're going to do it. Trivia time. Trivia time. Trivia question. Back to Miles Garrett. Ready? Miles Garrett question. 
Before Miles Garrett arrived, who led the team in sacks in a season? Who's who led who led, is the all-time leader or who used to be the all-time leader of sacks as well? Do we know those answers to those questions? I'll give you a minute. So let's start with who had the most sacks in a season uh, before Miles Garrett arrived. One player. Can you name a former player? 1984. Uh, 1984. That's not That's Bill Glass? Nope. Percy, like the most sacks in a season. 84. 84. 1984, that would be uh, – um, well, he was around, but he didn't lead the team that year. Miles Alzado? Nope. Yeah. Uh, da, da, da. It would be. Let me just double check. Baker? Um, no. Nope. Uh, Perry? Would it be Perry? Close. You're Yes, you're getting there. Um, let me hold. Sayo Pagatuatelli. Pa, 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 uh, pa, uh, pa, How about 1984. That? Ready? Reggie Camp. Reggie Camp had 14. Wow. Had 14 sacks in a season. I think wow. Miles Garrett um, had that many against the Bears one year. Not right. right. He had, I was at that game. He had five. I think four and a half. Um, yeah. And then who oh, led? Gave the, him five. Who led the uh, team in? Um, well, actually, in, uh, Michael Dean Perry, 1990, he led the team uh, in 1990 with 11 and a half sacks. Um, before that, um, Jamar Miller, remember Jamar? Oh, yeah. Miller? yeah, remember him. Yeah. Uh, from 2001, he had 13 one season, and then Reggie Camp had it in 14 and 84. Um, but Garrett's all over this list. Uh, Chip Banks, 1985, had 11. Um, the other okay. player would oh, well, get this one. Paul Kruger, former yes. Baltimore Raven. That's what I was trying to think of. Who was the guy with the hair? Paul, Paul Kruger. Kruger. Paul Kruger. Paul Kruger had 11 back yeah. in okay. uh, 2014. Okay, did anybody have more than 16.5? No. No. Okay, because Bill Glass had 16.5 in 1965. And they didn't, and they didn't Okay. So Hello. they weren't Oh, interesting. Okay. 16.5 in 1965. And see, they don't credit that here on the list that I'm looking at. Well, that's yeah, they were looking at an old back. list before they went back and uh, recalculated for the old guys. Yeah. So who holds the record Bill for, the, Glass. for the career? A career Bill before Glass. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is at that. Like, that uh, I still think that is Bill Glass. Might be Clay Matthews. I think that's Glass. It might it be Glass or... How many it was Matthews Clay, according to Matthews. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but he, I think it was 50 some. Now, Matthews, mm. I think, had 75 and Glass had, had 77.5. Okay. Okay. Well, Bill Glass had uh, 80, 80. Well, wait a minute. For the Browns, he had 77.5. Mm-hmm. And then he went to, he was, uh, he played two years in Detroit for some reason that I can't. No, four years in Detroit. So uh, he had, uh, are you pulling that up right now? Yes, I've got that on my little computer. Okay, okay I'm pulling it up as well. Um, okay, uh, while we're um, we're gonna wrap things up because I gotta go to my barbecue. Um, Aren't you lucky? I know. Uh, wonderful lady across the street who makes she, you know, she celebrated the uh, 
are we have neighbors that moved uh, out into a, a great new home. We live in a condo uh, area. So they bought a new home where they have young kids. And so this wonderful neighbor of ours wanted to celebrate um, them and they, she invited them over for a cookout. So we're all going over there and I'm already 30, I'm already 40 minutes late. So, um, but, but I just, I just spoke to the wife via text and told her I'd, I'd be there in, in 15 minutes. So let's hurry up boys. Um, so uh, final thoughts on what we've seen so far. I mean, it's been exciting. I've been, you know, more probably getting more excited. I mean, I know it's just workouts and training camp. Um, it's funny that they go down the Greenbrier, and I've mentioned this a time or two, but with all the social media platforms and all of the media people there, I mean, I know you're getting away, you're going to Greenbrier and supposed to be, you know, isolated, but for God's sakes, it's not. This is 2023. Uh, we're in people's faces still constantly. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's cool that they get to go down to West Virginia, but that's, I just think it's kind of a farce. I mean, that we think, oh, they're going to go away. I think it's cool that the team is probably spending more time together and get learning about each other's, you know, strengths, weaknesses, and what they are like real people. So I think that that's a positive as far as mm. building chemistry on the team going forward. So I'm excited about that part. Uh, Steve, what do you, what is your final thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm shocked, and you heard it here first. Uh, John hates social media, so go off on him on that. No, uh, <laughs> along with Kevin Stefanski, along yeah. with Kevin uh, Stefanski, and and Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, I I I love the positivity and the hustle that's coming from these videos. Um, I, I love the player interviews. Mm -hmm. uh, I do, I do think they're going to sign a veteran uh, running back because of something uh, I picked up on uh, Andrew Barry's uh, um, press conference. Uh, he basically said that the competition behind uh, Ford and uh, Chubb, uh, they're, they're, if they sign somebody, it will be seen. I, I'm still waiting for uh, the defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're – I know they talked to – a. Akeem Hicks's camp, but a lot of people have. So apparently he's he's inexpensive as as compared to some of the other ones. Um, I'm just looking forward to tomorrow and uh, Saturday the uh, full pads, mm -hmm. eleven on eleven. Um, a lot of people have said this training camp has been boring. I don't think it's boring. I think it's mm -hmm. exciting as hell. I love it. Good, and that's all due to social media and all these a week a week from cameras. A week from tonight, where uh, where the Brownies are playing live, yeah, Hall of Fame game. television. Yep, a we'll get to tonight. see Kevin Mond and Dorian Thompson Robinson. We may have to record our Fanatical Elves show. Um, we'll see what we want to do with that because it, it's going to be game night. So maybe we could do a pregame quickie. Uh, no, I shouldn't say quickie. <laughs> Pat, are you listening? I'm not into this. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that, final thoughts. Elliot, let's talk, come to you first. I know we're talking sack leaders. And never well, I, I just hope that the editing function on this show is still operational. I think we, <laughs> we crossed the line and can no longer educate the young Browns on the proper mode of behavior. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Elliot. Uh, Joel, final take. 
Well, I'm going to completely disagree with you, John, and your take. I think going to Greenbrier is a great, great idea. Yes. I mean, you uh, you get people out of their normal routines, and that's the important thing. If you're still in Cleveland, you're still in Berea, you can go home, sleep in your own bed, be around your kids. It's easy to kind of just do your job and go home. Yeah. Now you, now you get to go there, hang out with people, distraction-free, hopefully. Yeah. You know, get on your shirt with a collar and no hat and – Go out and do some things at the Greenbrier after hours with your buddies and just do some real right, team bonding. There is no way to get in trouble at the Greenbrier. So very situation. I tend, I agree with your take. I know you think I'm opposite of that. I think what I was, I agree with how you presented that. I would, the thing that I was looking at is just the inundation of us or um, the media. It would be mm -hmm. nice, like if they just said no media. I mean, I know that it's impossible in 2023, but that that part of it, that singular part right. of it, I do agree that the bonding. And the team and the and the the chemistry and being around and learning about your your teammate is vital. And I I think that what they're doing now is important. So and I think they should continue this in the future, regardless. Yeah. I think so too. And now we yeah. find out John's anti-media. God, is there anything you like, John? Thanks Besides for following barbecue. the Fanatical Elves Network. Listen, folks, <laughs> he likes we barbecue. Really, That's it. We really need you. All of you that are listening or if you're watching, we really need you. And I know all of these guys, Joel and Elliot and Steve have all been talking about this on their shows. But we need you to go to Apple. We need you to go to Spotify. We need you to go to iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, find these places, you know, uh, search us. We're the Fanatical Elves Network. You can do a Google search. We'll pop right up. Follow us on these platforms. Download us um, or play the play our podcast one show. Subscribe if they or follow us if they allow you to follow us. Write a review if you're on Apple. Write reviews if you're on Spotify. Write reviews. You give us those five star reviews that populates into their podcasting analytics and gives us more power. And we are growing. We have we really have Elliot. This is our numbers are spiking this month. We for the month of July. Usually July is a slow month, folks. Our network. Our, our Fanatical Elves network is growing, and we can't wait to keep giving you um, up-to-date information, great content, guys, here. As we get into the football season, we have some new shows planned. We're going to be talking about the enemy uh, in upcoming shows and looking at the teams that we're going to be playing against. We're going to have Kevin Stefanski uh, updates right after the game is over. We're going to have a post-game shows that these guys are going to participate in and, and help out with. So we have some great coverage and some great guys here that are going to be bringing it to you every weekend. And we can't wait. We love the fact that you're listening, spread the word, tell your friends, tell your family members, have them take a listen to us because we really are growing and we need you. We need you as Browns fans. We love the Brownies just like you. All right, folks. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Elliot. Appreciate you being here. Everybody have a great night. Go Brownies. Go Brown. Yeah. And more pay for running backs.